the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow is underway. The Friday edition has arrived. Glad you're with us, including on YouTube, streaming live right now. Search out Outkick. Join Chad in the chat. Other platforms include Outkick.com. Plus, if you're listening to this great radio partner, we say thank you. Michael Fabiano will join us, the fantasy football expert for Sports Illustrated. Get your lineups right. Get them straight. Who to sit, who to start. That's coming up uh, later this hour. Detroit Lions rookie quarterback Hendon Hooker returns to the show today in hour number two. Kelly in Vegas, Kelly Stewart, uh, co-host of the podcast The Fade with Clay Travis at Outkick, among other things. Uh, Kelly will tell us who to play and how to win this weekend. Plus, Chad Withrow's top 10 games of the college football weekend later. Chad, good afternoon. Hutton, am I going crazy or is this Outkick sign behind us as crooked as Connor Stallions at a Central Michigan game? I, yeah. I, maybe I'm seeing it wrong, but I it just looked up like and I'm I, like... It looks like I hung, hung a photo or it, something. It's like Frank the Tank at the end of Old School when he's having the pledge readjust the photo on oh, the wall. Is and he that says, any better? It's good. It's perfect. No, it's perfect. Is and that it's any got, better it's for you back that there? Way. I, I think it's an optical illusion. Oh. I think it may have been fine the first time. I'm just looking at it. I'm thinking, is it slanted down? I think it, I think it's better a little is bit, it but it's different? still slanted. I, it needs to... Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm. It's wrecking my brain right now to look at we it may not be even and try to figure the sign it out maybe maybe level i could also just be thrown off by the incredible new reports coming out of oh michigan my gosh. that basically the report is uh how dare you uncover our cheating scandal <laughs> and how you've uncovered it we cannot stand by while well, you uncover this cheating scandal the message board posts uh, you'll see some on social media that we'll react to where, where Michigan fans are on board saying, you know, investigate Ohio State, investigate the NCAA. They're out to get us. This is a witch hunt. Uh, it, it's laughable. But the headline today at the Wolverine, uh, one of the on three sports sites covering all things Michigan, they do a great job. Uh, let me just uh, read through what Chris Ballas is reporting. Several sources at Michigan and in the media, tell the Wolverine.com they are gathering evidence to on the two private investigators that they believe are behind the investigation into Michigan's alleged illegal on-site, uh, on-site scouting and off-campus scouting. Uh, the same sources also believe the two are responsible for the media leaks that have kept the story going in the news for weeks. Day by day, every other hour, it seems like it's coming out. Here are the details. Reporters are working to put the pieces together, but we know Michigan is currently in possession of documents that could link one of the alleged investigators to Day's younger brother, Timothy. The other, they suspect, is linked to Day's brother, Christopher, who was also a classmate of Tim, Timothy Day, in New Hampshire, and one currently runs a private investigation firm in Manchester, New Hampshire. That is Day's hometown. In addition, other sources at Michigan allege that some of the evidence, specifically the spreadsheet that was provided to the Washington Post that showed uh, the payments, uh, the tickets, the budget for the operation for Connor Stallions with uh, sign stealing off campus, uh, where he allegedly paid others to go and, and scout while well, he was certainly doing that too. Upon investigation, more sources indicate uh, that this could be obtained by access to his computer illegally. And they go on to say, Chad, law enforcement has started looking into the source of the information as a result to the Washington Post report from a couple of weeks ago. And they're also, in addition to this, they are looking at uh, still extending 
Jim Harbaugh as their head coach for the Michigan Wolverines, making him the highest paid coach in the Big Ten. And they there are some within the program, according to the Wolverine, who are optimistic that they could get this signed before Michigan kicks off against Rutgers. Um, nuts. Where to begin, Hutton? I don't know whether to start with the end of this report that Michigan is Rutgers, moving Purdue, forward. That Michigan Purdue. is moving forward with a contract extension and making him the highest paid coach in football or to start with the fact that Ryan Day's brother, Timmy, the private investigator, the PI in Manchester, New Hampshire, is after one Jim Harbaugh. This is incredible. I can't wait to watch the Adam McKay movie about this whole story and who's going to play each part in this. I, I love this story so damn much. I, I'll say this. For Michigan fans that have said this is a witch hunt, it's all about the school down south, this and that, fine. If this report is true, you're right on some of that. It's also a weird thing to say, how dare you, our rival, uncover our massive cheating scandal that's been going on for multiple years now? How dare you be the ones to do that? So part of me kind of respects the grind from the Day family that they actually did something about this. That they stepped up and said, instead of just talking about it and everybody whispering in coaching circles about Connor Stallions and his scouts being at our games, I'm going to get my little brother Timmy in New Hampshire that runs a private investigation firm to look into it. Uh, If true, respect to Ryan Day. It's going to make him hated by Michigan fans and Michigan people even more for centuries to come if this story is true. That part of it is funny enough. Now, the comical part that leads to things not so comical is if it's true that Santa Ono, the president of Michigan, and the Michigan brass are actually proceeding with a contract extension and a raise to make Jim Harbaugh the highest-paid coach in college football. You want me to read the detail of it? Yes. The lawyers are proceeding for Michigan on their behalf, while some had optimistically hoped it would be in front of Harbaugh before kickoff with Purdue Saturday. Next week, quote-unquote, is probably the earliest he will put pen to paper on the extension. The contract will include clauses involving NCAA violations. I mean, that, that's in practically every contract for head coaches. But the numbers are there for both sides, and both sides continue to express interest in getting it done. That, of course, could be revisited if anything more damaging were to emerge from this NCAA investigation. Chad, let's go back to what is alleged, what is now being investigated by Michigan. Why would Ohio State and Ryan Day need to go this path to figure this out? When, if you believe what the reports have been with TCU, multiple coaches called and said, they've got your signs. Change them up. Get ready over the next 37 days to prepare for your matchup against Michigan. And they did. If you knew then, why? I mean, I'm trying to think of the genesis of, okay, we've got buddies who is, uh, has a private investigation uh, firm. Let's get them to look into this. Why can't you go to the Big Ten? Why can't you go to the NCAA and say, here's what we believe is going on. Will you look into this? Instead of allegedly, on Michigan's side of things, they believe the documents were obtained illegally by this firm. Why do you have to go down that path? When the, that... that Blows my mind that there's not enough trust, even on behalf of Ohio State, to go to the Big Ten office and say something. 
Because it's not just Ohio State that's willing to speak up on what is being alleged Michigan has done under Jim Harbaugh's purview. Like, it, it, under the umbrella of Har- Harbaugh, this has gone on. We've had video now of, of Connor Stallions on the Central Michigan sideline with the sunglasses at night recording. But they can't go to the higher-ups within the conference and let them handle this. They have to hire or at least send out their own private investigation crew that they're buddies with to do it. I don't understand that part of it. Well, and then leak it to the I, media. It's like I, I don't. They wanted don't, to, they wanted to get the info to hammer them. I think they thought you, if they went and told someone else, then Michigan would cover their tracks. I don't understand why you can't say look into Connor Stallions, and then the Big Ten looks into Connor Stallions and what he's doing, and how they're how they're well, scouting. They, they could have told them, you know, here's where he's going to be next. You can go and arrest him. Basically and for I, the Big Ten and see what he's doing, and you can film him filming but I know, at this game if I you knew the, though, the pattern of it. I know they're looking for evidence, but they had to have suspected more than just what is considered unethical among football instead of illegal based on uh, the, the, the standard of the rule book. So they had to have enough evidence or at least present it as such to where you would feel confident in at least looking into it. Because if everybody's doing it and they're doing it better, they're the best pre-scout system in the world, according to one unnamed coach that told TCU this last year, I don't know how you can't present that to a higher up within the conference or the NCAA. From the NCAA perspective, I'll put them aside because it's worthless. I mean, what they've done is pretty effective. Well, unless it affects what could happen to Harbaugh and Michigan within the investigation. It's not going to affect them with the NCAA, right? Like Even the Michigan report says... The NCAA doesn't care how the information was obtained. They're not, a, right. they're not a criminal justice body, right? However it was obtained, they don't care if it was illegal That's, or not. It may matter to the Big Ten. And it I just think, takes too long. It matters to the Big Ten because it was illegally obtained by a rival's family member. So that's going to be that's going to muddy the waters for the Big Ten to make a decision and, and obtain potentially illegally, according if, to what they're trying to review. If these reports are true, yes. If it was Ryan Days, this could muddy any chance of them doing something harsh to Michigan within this season. Now, real quick, what is also a part of the Wolverine.com's report? Commissioner Tony Petiti of the Big Ten is meeting with the Michigan administration this afternoon, including President Santa Ono, and they're discussing the case after his recent meetings within the conference with the coaches and ADs, where, Chad, at least some a majority spoke up in regards to not just the investigation from the NCAA, but all of the leaked information that everyone's reacting to. And they want Michigan, Harbaugh, and the program held accountable. Well, let me get, let me get into that in a little bit. I want to get into the second part of this story first, and that is the contract extension. If that is, in fact, true, that they're thinking about doing this, this is a damning report on Michigan and every other athletic department in their stupidity. When they come back and cry poverty about athletes getting a piece of the pie, it's because of moronic decisions like this, that they worship at the altar of football wins, and however their football coaches get it, they don't care. If Michigan, in the midst of all of this, actually allows Jim Harbaugh to put pen to paper on being the highest-paid coach in football, and giving him any type of contract extension, that is one of the dumbest moves of any school I've ever witnessed, ever. 
That is so, so stupid. I really hope for Michigan's sake that that part of it is not true. They're saying, oh, maybe by the weekend, but now that's not going to happen. Maybe next week. If that happens, they are an absolute laughingstock. If they allow their head coach in the midst of this, before everything plays out, to sign any type of contract for any type of raise, considering what he's already making, is asinine. Now to the part about the right now he's making 7.3 annually, according to uh, Google. Yeah. So on to the athletic directors and their part about this. And they decided this on uh, their their AD and administration of Michigan decided to continue down the path of the extension on Tuesday. According yeah, they're to this idiots. Report. They're idiots. If they allow him to sign a contract, Michigan. One of the dumbest programs in the history of programs, if that's actually true. And if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm thinking, let's maybe pump the brakes on the raise and contract extension for our head coach embroiled in one of the biggest scandals in the history of college football right now with no resolution to that scandal. Well, you have with the Connor NCAA Stallion on suspended. our campus within five days of receiving this report, with Connor Stallion suspended, and now with Ryan Walters, their opponent this weekend for Purdue, Applaud, let me applaud him, the first head coach, to put his name to something and say, we all know exactly what happened. There's no proving it. The proof is in the video and the photos that are out there. It's unfortunate. We've had to change everything this week leading up to the game. I applaud Ryan Walters for putting his name on something, okay, because that's been a real problem during this story. Way too many people are saying things anonymously. And look, I'd rather get an anonymous quote and something honest about something than no quote at all. But it does come a time where people need to step up and decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to put my name behind this because I actually want something to happen to Michigan in all this. This was sent to me from a buddy. Here are a couple of anonymous quotes that have been reported on recently. This is from an SEC staffer. Staffer. My God, what idiots. Doing it is one thing. Getting caught is an entirely different thing. This from a Sunbelt head coach. In some ways, they should be held accountable for just sheer stupidity. And this from an AC, AAC head coach. If this is all factually true, look at how their record changed since they started doing this, which we brought up yesterday. That's all fine and well. If something's legitimately going to happen to Michigan, we need more Ryan Walters to stand on a podium or give a quote with their name attached to it. And you need every single Big Ten coach that's not Jim Harbaugh to say the same thing. It's wrong. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. It's stupid. It's completely orchestrated. And it's unacceptable. If every coach put their name behind that quote and every athletic director put their name behind that quote, that is the one thing that could actually put some genuine pressure on Tony Petiti to act. Where we stand right now, Hutton, because not many people are going on the record, I just think we're going to have to wait this thing out until the NCAA decides something. I don't see Tony Petiti doing anything because while people are bitching and moaning in the Big Ten, there's only one Ryan Walter stepping out there and saying that it's unacceptable and something needs to get done. There needs to be more. Well, and, and Tony Petiti, again, according to reports, he's meeting with uh, the Michigan administration today, um, this afternoon, uh, about everything that's being discussed because he's you know been on those calls where it's been expressed that they want penalties from the conference to Michigan. Dan Wetzel, Chad, brought up this point, though, because we have hit this home all week. Petiti has the sole authority to uh, enact the sportsmanship policy and the clause within the conference. 
he can hand down what is the standard penalty, which is roughly but two game suspension and a ten thousand dollar fine. Or if he wants to say it's more serious in a violation, he would take that up to the uh, board, the administration board for the for the conference. They would then have to approve it in some fashion. But it's if it's too harsh from the conference, it could trigger legal action from the university and Michigan's athletic department, which he also wants to avoid. It's all very crazy, and it's layered. We'll continue to hit that coming up, plus reaction to Thursday Night Football. Coming up in 20 minutes, get your fantasy football lineups set with Michael Fabiano. Sports Illustrated's fantasy football expert. Great with us each and every week. Decent start for me based on Thursday night football, but overall another low-scoring game. We'll get into that in just a moment. Lots of defense in the NFL. Not a lot of uh, offense. Yeah, I've got a, got I'll a point to the reason in just a moment. Got a theory coming up. Chad, uh, thewolverine.com with On3, uh, of course, recovering all things Michigan athletics and diving deep into the investigation for uh, what Connor Stallions allegedly has done, what, he, what we've seen with him on the sideline at Central Michigan, the sunglasses at night, the clipboard, the Nike shoes at an Adidas school, but wearing gear. Um, you think they just handed him a bag of like, here's, your, here's the team-issued gear, put this on. Yeah, or maybe just... Oh, what, we're still waiting on that what investigation, What size too. are you? We're so still waiting on confirmation this. or denial from Central Michigan. Yeah, no... no uh, I forget the woman's name that's their athletic director, but yeah. no update from her no. on their internal on investigation as to who that person is. They played Tuesday night, um, so you've had time, including McIlwain, to figure out why, did, why were my coaches and why was my director of scouting recruiting <laughs> uh, standing with this guy, chatting with him? Who is this guy? Yeah, it takes ridiculous. a while to figure that out, apparently. Um, the Wolverine.com and Chris Ballas reports, uh, some sources to the Wolverine believe a two-game Harbaugh suspension, possibly Purdue, and then at Penn State, could be the quote-unquote middle ground of today's meeting as a result. Today's meeting between Michigan's administration and Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti. Petiti has made it clear, per, per other reports, that he's going to need evidence, however, before he acts. Evidence. As of now, the NCAA investigation is in the early stages, meaning that's going to be a process. The evidence is pretty clear, isn't it, Chad? Like, it, find out from Central Michigan what is going on, and then that, isn't that your evidence? That you have a Michigan staffer off campus scouting? Sign stealing? Helping another program it's, against one of your member institutions? What I, I more, more how, do you need? I don't know for how much more policy. video. I mean, it's a very simple sportsmanship policy. There's we're a about. firsthand report of a former D3 coach who has ex received money from Connor Stallions, and he's detailing where he's gone to illegally scout opponents for Michigan on the record. I, I don't know what more info you need as to what's happening. Uh, Jake in our YouTube chat was saying that Dan Wetzel was on 97 and won the ticket and said nobody from Michigan other than Stallions has been suspended. Two weeks in, it's reasonable to assume they didn't find anybody else involved. What? So do you think Connor Stallions 
has just done that, and then he just goes and whispers in the ear of the OC and the DC on game day, and they don't hear or see from him then? Well, if that's true, Jim Harbaugh, who we've now seen on video last year against Michigan State, receiving information directly from where the pressure's coming from, from Connor Steins, he's then involved. Even if you're acting like this is some rogue mercenary that's doing this on his own, the fact he's on the sideline communicating to other coaches, those coaches are now involved. I, I don't know. Right. It's not just Connor Stallions. I, I don't understand this line of thinking. Just use your brain, people. What do you really think went down here with Connor Stallions? Do you think they went to this effort and he went to this effort and the coaches didn't know anything about it? Are you denying the video evidence we've seen of him saying things? You can see right away what he's saying and then the result on the field? You're not The brain not making that connection with what's going on? Of course he's not the only one involved or the only one that knew. Even if it was just him organizing this and coming back on game day to tell coaches during the game what was coming, those coaches are then involved by receiving that information. Ridiculous. It's all so crazy. Hendon Hooker will join us coming up in a little over 30 minutes. We'll ask him because he was playing in the South Carolina game, for instance, um, last year, where you know rumors are out there that South Carolina wearing wristbands for the first time on defense, they were helped in some way against what could possibly be an opponent and at the time they were for Michigan in getting to the playoff as an at-large or uh, – possibly a, an opponent in the college football playoff. Here's the other part of this, the whole Matt Weiss thing. I still don't really know what went down there with him and the computer crimes that cost him his job, but I don't think he's in jail or maybe he's awaiting. He obtained emails from a, on campus. Yeah, right? that, that's, that's the, the rumor, right? But the thought was that all of this computer information came from that investigation one way or another, either leaked by the Michigan law firm that did this to someone else, or somehow that that became a part of. But it. this so, report, though, is very specific on the information they believe was obtained illegally, and it's it's the Washington Post report and document that they showed the spreadsheet of the money scattered and the tickets purchased and the budget and how you know spread out the scouting offsite was. That 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 yeah. is very specific on what that was obtained on the computer. I don't know what illegally obtained means, though. My point is, could they have gotten that from someone at the law firm that was investigating Michigan illegally with lawyer-client privilege? Or, or they I, hacked I don't into know. a computer somehow. But the, So let's go back. To, Chad, let's just spitball here. Like, if, if we are, if we're Ohio State, right, we're Ryan Day, why do you have to do it this way? I mean, lack of faith in the NCAA, yes, but lack of faith in the conference? Like, I mean, it... The, the conference or the NCAA should be hiring these investigators. And hired may be a stretch based on the friendship alleged and the connections to the family that Michigan is uh, supposedly uh, uh, saying through reports with the media. And then why, why the leaks through the media in the slow drip if, in fact, this is true? I think Ryan Day is trying to save his job. I think it's part of it. And in that well, he's still going to beat Michigan, though. Well, in that sense, though this was pretty good timing to throw clouds over it of the last two wins for Ohio state over Michigan. I'm sorry, Michigan over Ohio right. state. Uh, also to possibly derail Michigan season. 
uh, and to hurt them against Ohio State? I, I, I don't know why. I, I don't really care. Well, let me ask it from this my, perspective. My, my uh, concern if? is if all of this is true and, and what links they went to. Well, but here's, here's the what if that we won't know. Why didn't they put this out last year? Because Ohio State and Michigan could have met for the national championship game. Why wouldn't you have that out prior to the college football playoff last year? If you're so concerned with this. You see well, what I'm saying? And they, look, they may have done it had they beaten TCU. I'm sure it was Ohio State that tipped off TCU uh, before that game where they had this dramatic you know, switcheroo, rope-a-dope in the game apparently with their signals where they were able to score 50-plus points on right. Michigan. So maybe they're waiting to see if they won that game. Maybe they would do something leading into the national championship. I, I you change your signs, yes, but like, I, I don't. Here's I don't really care. Like I don't. I just want to know if the information is good. Well, well, and, well Tony and if it's all care, true. Though. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, the timing of it. Who knows what? Why exactly they did that or didn't do it earlier or, or whatever. The fact is. Well, and they may the not have the information is, then. Is it a fact? Right. But, but they I had enough. These are all facts. They, they had enough info to suspect it was more than just peering across the sideline to sideline and getting the signs. Yeah, and they may have not known or they may have not wanted to release anything until they had the concrete evidence that they have now uh, that they presented. And I don't know what all was presented to the NCAA or the Big Ten because they haven't discussed that yet. They've just been presented evidence. We don't know what that evidence is. Again, I don't care who got it. It's, it makes for an interesting story. and It'll be a great movie one day. I don't care who got it. I do care how they got it if they got it illegally. There should be crimes there if they illegally obtain the information, sure. Um, my concern is how deep did it go? How long did it last? How many teams were affected, not just Michigan opponents, but was there a concerted effort to affect all of college football? That is the biggest question that's out there for me. And if they can prove that, there's no punishment too big for Michigan in, in this thing. Now, if it's just, hey, we illegally scouted, yeah, it impacted games, but it was all for us, and we, it was, this was our way of stealing signs, it's going to be bad, but I don't know if it's going to be as bad as what I'm talking about, and that is this effort that has been reported to affect other teams that's not Michigan in college football. That's really bad. And it, it's interesting that you have Ono, who is the president for Michigan, he met with Ward Manuel earlier this week and the Board of Regents for Michigan. And that's when the group decided to move, this is Tuesday, decided to move forward with the contract extension for Harbaugh. And that's been in the works, according to reports, even while the NCAA had the investigation going on this past offseason. But while they met and decided on that, two days later, Chad, there's the teleconference with all the coaches, uh, administrators, with... Tony Petiti, Big Ten's commissioner, and a day later, he's now in Ann Arbor meeting with Michigan administration about what was said on that call that Harbaugh was asked to leave. Hang up because we're about to discuss everything. You don't need to be in the room. So from the meeting on Tuesday to now with Petiti, what are they saying? Because they're clearly coming to some different conclusion than what Petiti heard on this call. And what's the middle ground, quote-unquote, if it's just the standard suspension, does that really hold any water for what has taken place here and what will take place down the road if Harbaugh leaves? If he bolts for the NFL and Michigan's punished, but punished well after this current administration and staff is gone? 
if this is the middle ground, that's so weak. Uh, well, that's the middle ground would be a ground. standard suspension, not yeah, egregious. Yeah, I, I think, you know, they've already – they survived just fine without Jim Harbaugh for those first three games. Granted, three bad opponents. Yeah, well, uh, if, you, if you want to suspend them, suspend them for the rest of the season. To me, that's the middle ground, not, not this, these two games. I think you say you're done for the rest of 2023. Your assistants can handle it the rest of the way. And so far? To me, that's the middle ground the Big Ten could come to with, with Jim Harbaugh. And so far, there's – I say so far. There is no direct evidence – Straight to Harbaugh. Only Connor Stallions. But this, I mean, this web, having someone in Nashville go to the Vandy game or be prepared to go and scout the Vols per reports um, and, and through the documents obtained by the Washington Post, it's not like it's a one-man show. And it's not like he randomly slides up in someone's DMs and says, hey, man, you want to go to the Vandy game this weekend for me? Yeah. And here's what I need you to do. There's, got, there's a trust factor there. There's a trust factor from Stallions with all these different games where people were on, ready to go, ready for the call. All right, we're sending you out based on results of this past weekend. And there's a trust factor that's not going to get out about what you're doing. It's more than just Connor Stallions randomly coming up and concocting this, yeah. this type of sign stealing. Let's get into one other facet of this, Hutton, that, that is interesting. The report came from the Wolverine, okay? There, there's reason to believe Michigan media, they're getting all of their information from Michigan. Sure. So it's painting Michigan in a better light than anywhere else, and right? And they want it out that the contract extension's they going want, on. They want it out. That, well, someone wants this out about Ryan Day's brother. Um, I don't know whether it's true or not, but here's where this benefits. I think everyone. The report's out now. Someone's got to ask Ryan Day about it. About, hey, can you comment on the report that your brother and his PI firm are behind the investigation into Michigan? We at least get Ryan Day on the record with that answer, right? Whether he says it's ridiculous, absolutely not, or no comments, which I think says a lot. So that's the next piece of this. It's probably not going to happen before their next game against Rutgers this weekend. No, Purdue. No, I'm saying Ohio State. Oh, Ohio State, sorry. Not before Ohio State's next game, but Ryan Day is going to be put on the record at some point and asked about this. That's a good thing. So whether you believe this Wolverine report or not, at least this report being out there prompts a media member to ask Ryan Day about the report so he can be officially on the record whether or not any of this is true. Well, and, and following up to the, the Chris Ballas' report at the Wolverine, you, you have Dan Wetzel who reposts this and says – this would seemingly change nothing about the Michigan case. Ohio State being behind this would be a soap opera plot twist and would likely result in Michigan boosters hiring, if they haven't already, private investigators to investigate everyone and everything in Columbus, and then vice versa. And then number three, the concept that, quote, evidence was obtained by gaining access to his computer illegally, end quote, is the most intriguing. Did someone commit an actual crime to prove a football crime? And would the NCAA care? That's his question. I don't, this think, is, I don't think the NCAA would care. Let me answer that question, though. Law enforcement would care. Right, and according yeah, to Ryan Day's brother would, they're should looking be, into it. should be prosecuted if that report is true. If he committed some cyber crime to get this information, then... But it doesn't change the evidence. No, you, yeah. it, it doesn't change the plot. Would, it wouldn't be admissible in court, but is it admissible in the Yeah, look, in the, if, if, in I'm the Michigan, of, if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm, I'm putting myself in their shoes. I'd be pissed off that the whistleblower is Ryan Day's brother. 
and his family, of course, especially with that rivalry. And I'm really pissed off if it was obtained illegally because of a cybercrime. Yeah, I'm mad about all that. None of that changes what went on, though, with Connor Stallions and whatever happened. I like to think so. It's I still want to know all the someone facts. Someone rappelling from the roof and into the office of Connor Stallions, like and uh, then Tom Cruise the in the original Mission Impossible, yeah. one of the old school computers over the ground like this, trying yeah. not to sweat on the, the floor. Big computer tower. I'd love to see that. Yeah, the uh, floppy disk drive. That's what I like to think. Crashing through the window in Ann Arbor. Let's make this happen. Coming up, Michael Fabiano. Get you ready for fantasy football. Coming up in 20 minutes, Detroit Lions rookie quarterback Hendon Hooker will join us. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Time to set your fantasy rosters. Maybe hit the waiver wire one last time. Set the starters, who to sit, and more. Michael Fabiano joins us each and every week at this time, and we get the best advice from the fantasy football expert for Sports Illustrated. Michael, great to have you back on, man. Hope things have been well. Yeah, doing good. Um, luckily, started Derrick Henry on Thursday night. Had Deontay Johnson in a lineup as well. So go. that worked out well. And I even started Najee Harris uh, against my better judgment, and he ended up putting up a pretty good number. So. Uh, a rare fantasy scoring. Uh, you, had the, you had the wave come through on Thursday night. That's very rare, at least for me. And I want to fall on the sword here. I did start Desmond Ritter last week, and all he did was get benched. And now <laughs> Heineke is the starter in Atlanta this weekend. I kind of am happy about that from a fantasy perspective. Uh, not a big fan of Desmond Ritter, uh, but Atlanta's hurting this week because Drake London's not going to play. So Heineke is going to be throwing probably a lot more to Kyle Pitts and Jonu Smith. Good for their value. So that, that's one of the questions we have actually is with London out, Jonu Smith or Jake Ferguson? I'd still go Jake Ferguson. Uh, I like the matchup against Philadelphia, but it's certainly a, a toss-up. Michael, I've got one. I feel like it's a, I think it's the second straight week I've had this dilemma. Uh, Rasheed Rice over in Germany against the Dolphins or Jackson Smith and Jigba in Baltimore this weekend. The projections are right next to each other. I'd probably go Rice. Uh, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, the total's over 50, whereas Jackson Smith and Jigba's third in terms of the targets behind DK and Tyler Lockett playing in Baltimore. A much tougher atmosphere. Uh, I'm going to go with Rasheed Rice. In terms of value, are defenses much more valuable this year given the fact that offense is down across the league, the unders are hitting? Are you finding more value in the, the consistent scoring from what defenses are doing based on how leagues are set up? Honestly, no, because some of the defenses that we thought were going to be very good from a fantasy perspective had not been. Like, look at the Patriots. Their defense has been awful. The Niners lately, their defense has been awful. So I think maybe you get some better and a greater number of streaming options. So, for example, this week, uh, Jared Hall is going to start for the Vikings. So you're going to stream Atlanta and you're not afraid to stream Atlanta's defense uh, because the offense that they're facing has got a rookie quarterback under center. And maybe that offense is not going to perform particularly well. Uh, so I think in terms of the streaming, that certainly is uh, is it, it's. Uh, so, true to, to some degree, but in terms of the defenses overall, though, I mean, the Cowboys are the best defense in fantasy football, and really it's not close. 
and then everybody else is is sort of you know streaming option if it's a good matchup you could start a defense like unless i have like the cowboys defense i'll stream every week uh, even the eagles defense has been sort of up and down and then they've got the cowboys this week and then they've got to buy so why do i want to keep the eagles defense for a couple of weeks uh, you got to keep tabs on that the only defense to me that is not droppable right now is dallas and you're playing Dallas over any defense you could have, even Cleveland this week? No, 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 no. I, I might play the matchups okay. when the Cowboys have a bad uh, matchup like, themselves. Like this week? Like this week with the Eagles, right. Uh, but I'm not afraid to play the Cowboys. Let's put it that way. Like, there's no other defense where I'm like, yeah, I don't care who I'm playing. I'm against, uh, I'm going to start them. Dallas can make plays happen, and we've seen that on the defensive side. Even uh, without Trayvon Diggs, uh, last week, I mean, their defense was phenomenal uh, against the LA Rams. So. I it's not that I would start the Cowboys regardless every single week, but I certainly wouldn't want to drop them. If you have some dilemma on who to start, who to sit, um, and, or maybe a flex position, you can join Chad right now in the chat on YouTube. Search out Outkick and get your questions in now for Michael Fabiano, Sports Illustrated's fantasy football expert who joins us weekly. All right, uh, Fabs 5, let's get to your starting group this week. And you like Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott. I do. Uh, the Eagles defense has got flaws and the flaws are on the defensive backfield. They give it up to quarterbacks. They just give up 31 to Sam Howell and they're they very good against the run. So I would be where Pollard. I think you probably have to play him in DFS. You'd fade him. But the Eagles defense has given up 19 plus points to four quarterbacks, including 31 to the aforementioned Howell last week. Some running backs to play this week. Rashad White has had two straight good games. He's getting far more opportunities in the passing game. That is huge because he does nothing as a runner. Uh, the Texans are not good against running backs overall, so I like Rashad White this week. Zach Moss has not gone away. Even though John and the Taylor has come back, he's still in the mix. And he's got a great matchup this week against the Carolina Panthers, who are awful against running backs. So Zach Moss is a flex. At wide receiver, Nico Collins has got a good matchup against the Buccaneers. They struggle against perimeter receivers, so I like Nico, even though his numbers have not been great lately. Uh, and then Zay Flowers, who did not put up a great line last week. He still saw targets. Uh, it was a down week for him statistically, but he's got Seattle this week. They've given up the ninth most points to wide receivers and the second most points to slot receivers. Uh, and Zay Flowers sees some of his time there inside, so I'd start him as a wide receiver to flex. All right, Michael, who are we sitting this week? Uh, I hope I hope it's better than your DeAndre Hopkins suggestion last week for me oh, to sit. Oh, man. I did on, on, I'll tell you. On Chad, air, I Chad hit me with a Listen, text about this. I texted him after, I think, after touchdown number two. To, and I said, man, I'm I glad I let myself. Michael talk me into that. I sat him myself. I, gotta be, I, played Dank, I, I played Tank Dell over him, and that did not work. Wow. Hey, I uh, fully believed you, and I did not expect Will Levis and DeAndre Hopkins to have that immediate of a connection in that game against the Falcons. So I, I get it. Levis is only the third quarterback in NFL history to have four touchdown passes in his NFL debut. The other two were Fran Tarkenton and Marcus Mariota, believe it or not. Yes, who, yep. Obviously, was in dropping Tampa. by the Titans. Uh, against Jameis Winston. It was number one pick versus number two pick. In Winston, that game. Winston threw a pick on his first pass attempt, and then Mariota shined throughout. Crazy um, stat, though, for Fran Targenton, who obviously ended up being uh, you know, a, a great quarterback. He didn't throw another touchdown pass in his next five games. Wow. So he had four in his in his debut, which was 1961, 
against, I believe it was the Bears. And the next five weeks, he didn't throw a touchdown pass. I wonder if he and, ran for any in that time because Fran could run it yeah. also in those five games. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a really good mobile quarterback. He would have been a really good fantasy quarterback um, if fantasy was popular back in the day. But, I mean, look at what Levis did last night. I mean, he didn't have a good game from a fantasy perspective. Now he showed a little moxie, and I think there's some excitement there in Tennessee. But in fantasy, he did nothing. Uh, so, yeah, listen, sometimes you get him right, sometimes you get him wrong. Tommy DeVito, guys, Tommy DeVito scored more points than Patrick Mahomes last week. Tommy DeVito is a third-string quarterback, the son of a plumber in New Jersey, and his leading receiver had four yards, and he outscored Patrick Mahomes. It was insane. There's been crazy weeks like that, uh, and the last two have kind of fallen into that category. So, yeah, I mean, you win some, you lose some. Look, we're not going to hold it against you. The bio so of I, Dusty Rhodes, by the way. For listen, DeVito. man, it ain't the first time I've been wrong. Hey, it won't I, be the last, I unfortunately. Will still, I will still listen to you when you give yeah. us who to sit this week, Michael. So here's the crazy thing. I'm going to start off with Sam Howell. Quarterback this week is a nightmare. Like, the NFL has a serious quarterback problem right now. Yes. Uh, you've got Clayton Toon, who might start for the Cardinals. Jaron Hall, who's going to start for the Vikings. Uh Tyson Bajan, who's starting for the Bears. Brett Rippin, who might be starting for the Rams. Like, I could keep going. There's a quarterback problem in the National Football League. So Sam Howell is going to be active in a lot of leagues because he's a good fantasy quarterback, but he's got a brutal matchup against the Patriots. Just keep that in mind. I'd rather play Derek Carr if I had the choice because Carr's got a better matchup. He's at home against the Bears. So I would say beware Sam Howell. I would also say beware Aaron Jones, who has had no success whatsoever outside of week one. The good news is that Matt LaFleur came out today and said that he's going to let him loose. I hope so, because, I mean, we could really use Aaron Jones from a fantasy perspective, but the matchup's not great, and Jones hasn't been great. Alexander Madison in Atlanta this week against the Falcons. Not a great matchup, and the Vikings' offense could be very bad with Jaron Hollander center. I argued this on my radio show. Even though we've lost Nick Chubb, Justin Jefferson's out, Cooper Cup's been out, Austin Eckler missed some time, Saquon Barkley missed some time, Kirk Cousins is the biggest loss in fantasy football this season. Why? Because you lose a top 10 fantasy quarterback and you lose confidence in the parts around him. When Justin Jefferson comes back, you're going to start him. Will you feel that good? Uh, starting them with Joshua Dobbs on her center or Jordan Addison or TJ Hawkinson? The answer is no. So Kirk Cousins was a big loss, and he's going to hurt the run game too, not being there. Alexander Madison's a risk. At wide receiver, DJ Moore against the Saints, not a great matchup. Bajant going to start this week. I'm a little worried about DJ Moore. And then Hollywood Brown against the Browns. The Browns have given up the fewest fantasy points to perimeter receivers in Cleveland. They've been very tough on road-wide receivers. And keep in mind, they could be starting the Cardinals' Clayton Toon. Now, uh, Jonathan Gannon is messing with us. And he said, well, I'll make a decision about it on the plane, uh, you know, when we're flying to Cleveland. And he mentioned three quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Jeff Driscoll, and Clayton Toon. So Jonathan Gannon is no friend to us in fantasy football. I'm hoping it's Kyler for selfish reasons but it might be Clayton Toon, and that would hurt Hollywood Brown. How apprehensive would you be to play Kyler Murray from the jump if he plays? 
Yes. <laughs> you know how bad it is right now at quarterback? You should see I just my quarterback. Some other, right. Last night we had Kenny Pickett against Will Levis. I know Will Levis was really good in his debut. What did he do last night? Kenny Pickett's not a good fantasy quarterback. That guy whiffed on big time. I thought he'd be much better. You know, and then you go down the line, you know, Gardner Minshew. Okay. I mean, he's no great shakes. Deshaun Watson's coming back. I mean, he hasn't been great this year. There are no sure things outside of maybe the top six or seven quarterbacks. And I'd say maybe eight with Dak Prescott. Every other quarterback has got big time question marks. So if Kyler comes back, he'll just be added to the list of quarterbacks who have big time question marks, but at least he's done it before. I'd rather play Kyler than most of the quarterbacks who will be starting in the NFL this weekend. Half PPR question uh, coming in here. Logan Thomas or Taysom Hill? I'll go Logan Thomas, but I do like Taysom Hill this week. So you can't go wrong. I think either way you're good. Uh, The thing with Taysom Hill is that the last three weeks, double-digit points every week, it just depends on how the Saints are going to use him. And he's been getting utilized as a running back, running RPOs, somewhat as a receiver. Juwan Johnson came back last week, so he didn't get as targeted as much. Uh, But Taysom Hill is the, the Swiss Army knife. I'd rather go Thomas, though, in this case, but they're close. Michael Fabiano has been our guest. We were chatting about this just before the show. Are Do you play other fan, fantasy sports? Are you hardcore into any other sport other than football? Honestly, no. I started off in fantasy basketball when I began my career at CBS. And I was big time into basketball, baseball, and football. Uh, eventually everything went to football when I was working for NFL Network. And while I love watching baseball and I've always been a big basketball fan, I I haven't played in a lot of fantasy leagues in other sports. I'll probably play like one or two baseball leagues max. Uh, Other than that, it's it's mostly fantasy football. And I kind of have to minimize baseball because the two sports overlap and it's just too much. Because right now I have 15 fantasy football leagues. And even with that, when I'm doing waivers on Tuesdays, it's like, man, this is taking me like an hour to do uh, first world fantasy problems. But uh, I, I don't play too much in terms of every other sport. Always love the perspective, man. Uh, and, and so do our, our viewers that uh, chime in uh, and, and let us know. Uh, thank you as always. And good luck to all of your teams this weekend. You guys too. And uh, try not to start Clayton Tune if you can help it. This I, week. I will not. Do my best. I will not. I may be down to him after this week, though, with all the injuries I have. There's uh, Michael Fabiano. We'll get our fantasy WNBA advice from uh, Michael next week <laughs> based on his other leagues that he's interested in. Uh, speaking which of leagues where you can take the under. Which Las Vegas ace take would you under. start this weekend? <laughs> Big game coming up against the Mercury. Chad, we... Uh, Great matchup. We'll chat with Hendon Hooker coming up where he's close to returning, according to his head coach, from uh, the ACL injury coming up on a, a year since that's happened. And we'll certainly ask him about Michigan sign stealing and the There's rumor something up in Columbia, South the Carolina. The rumor with the connection with South Carolina. That's we'll next ask. on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network.